0: With this challenge, yes. ED. <laughs> or or is it a blessing, or is it's, it a charm? It just makes
1: it feel real. I yeah. it
2: Welcome to Art Gab. This is Ashley.
0: This is Kendra. What did you do this weekend? Um,
2: I went to Canada, which is kind of crazy.
0: Did you see any art in Canada?
2: You know, on the border, we should post it on our site, but on the border there's this like wired like frame of an empty picture. It's really cool, actually. It's on the border of America and Canada, so we should post that. I took a picture of it, I'm like, oh, art, we could talk about that. That's all I have to say about it, though. There wasn't much more to that <laughs> <It's> story.
0: <laughs> Did you see this art when they were stopping you at the border?
2: No. I saw it so on the suspicious. way leaving. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, but we got across just fine. We accidentally had fruit. Oh. Well, yeah, and okay. I think there was alcohol the accident too. Okay. Should I be saying that? No. No? That. So we didn't have anything <laughs> illegal across the border. Nothing illegal
0: what were you doing there?
2: We're, we went and watched a uh, roller derby.
0: Oh, you yeah. and the roller derby girls? Yeah. Cool. Who won?
2: Uh, we won one and lost one. We played two games. So it
0: was pretty fun. And, but and what was the worst injury that you saw?
2: I didn't see any injuries, which was really cool. Good. So that's good for roller derby, yeah. <laughs> but it was a quick trip. It was like, what were the team's names, by the way? Uh, Anarchy Angels and we're the... Eight Wheel Assassins. Those are the two names I can remember. I can't remember the third. Name. You
0: just make it up.
2: And I was trying. I they were like recruited me to do the announcing, and I was not good at it at all. Mainly because they had one mic and there was two announcers. So every time I would think of something to say, I would grab the mic, and the moment had passed. So I was like, oh, I <laughs> will just not say that. So I'm not. I don't think uh, announcing derby is my...
0: All it's all in your head yeah. you're like announcing it or <laughs> i'm just
2: like watching it like oh that was a good one and then like <laughs> had nothing to say about it okay.
0: um that's yeah. awesome well so, we're glad was, you're back how was your weekend i went to see a show of tamara english's paintings down in the hospital she was really good
2: should we introduce our de- guest we're just yes. <laughs> sitting here like talking about So, yeah, how, how was about- your weekend yeah
1: <laughs> my weekend was great yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. That's good. I'm glad. Thanks. And who is that voice that we're talking to? Well, David Schell is a painter working in Portland, Oregon. He received an MFA from American University and a BFA from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. He is interested in how we design, build, and organize in an attempt to create order. He is also interested in how structure, order, and best intentions eventually give way to something else. His work is often... Um, about allowing those two realities to coexist. Um, Recent exhibitions include End of the Beginning in Queensland, Australia. Um, Another show called What Develops at the Floating Gallery in Portland. Another show called Just Like This for a Little While at Orange Studio in Portland. And the 60th... Oh, Mm, Chautauqua. Chautauqua. Oh, good. Yeah. Chautauqua Annual Exhibit of Contemporary Art in Chautauqua, New York. And Transformation Chase at the Northview Gallery, as well as um, he's also shown work at Gallery 214 at the Pacific Northwest College of Art and at the Oregon State University. Um, his paintings are also were also published in Studio Visit magazine. Dave Michelle, welcome awesome. to Art Thank you. <laughs> Thank for you for having me here.
2: Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so, uh, do you want to describe yourself and what you do? Kind of, it's a broad uh, question, but
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the um, the basic idea is that I'm I'm a painter. I'm a studio artist. Um, I still just really love going into. Uh, uh, my attic where I have a studio set up. And uh, I am primarily an oil painter. Um, the work takes a long time to do, so it's, I'm lucky enough right now to have a lot of time to just be working through several ideas. Um, and that's that's kind of where I'm at right now.
2: Um, so you said it takes a while. Um do you do like a lot of layers? Is that why it kind of takes a while? Or like, how? what's your process like?
1: Yeah, so the process, um, I usually start with some sort of a drawing uh, or an idea about what I want to make. Uh, and that starts with pencil drawings, um, sometimes gouache, watercolor, other materials, just to get started and get an idea about color. Uh, it eventually turns into a larger painting, um, but I find that the paintings take uh, a long time because they, they, I try to make them in a really specific way and then that specific way just completely falls apart. Like I just have no idea where it's going. Um, so there's a plan, there's a guide of some sort, and then there are all these kind of transformations and mutations uh, that take place. So with oil paint, I find that it takes a long time for things to dry. Um, I have to stare at things for a long period of time. Um, and it's just a, yeah, it's a long process.
2: Yeah. Um, so in your paintings, we notice that there's a lot of bright and highly saturated colors. Um, what do you see this use of color adding to your work?
1: I am a huge fan of, of color, I think is ultimately what it comes down to. I, um, in terms of adding things to my work, um, I'm very interested in the idea of of decoration uh, of things being pretty in some way and having my own idea about what that, what that means. Uh, and I want them to be visually, um, uh, arresting, you know, I want, I want people to, to stop and, and look at them. So the color for me is really, um, it's an important part of that.
0: Right. Um, what I like about them is that they're like high saturated color. They're not, I mean, because there's beautiful colors that are low saturation, but they're right. definitely arresting because of that bright, saturated, intense color. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's definitely what I'm going for is, um, I there are so many artists that I love who are, subtle and understated. I'm a huge fan of of Agnes Martin and how there's just it almost feels like there's nothing there on that canvas. And then I find that when I'm in my studio, I'm just always drawn again and again uh, to these more vivid colors and um, kind of bold shapes and that stuff just just it's my sweet spot for making work.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you like? plan out the colors ahead of time? Or is it kind of just like you're planning and generally just go with it as you are making it?
1: I would say about 50-50. Sometimes things are really planned. Um, like it's interesting seeing there's some some printouts of, of paintings that I've done on the, on the table in front of us. and uh, And looking at them, I'm thinking about how some of them started with such specific drawings, such specific plans. Um, and the paintings look a lot like the drawings that they came from. There are changes that definitely took place along the way, um, but I felt like they kind of stayed true to that original idea, and then some of them more recently within the last couple of years, the plans just fall apart more consistently. Um, You know, I think that I'm gonna, I think that I'm gonna follow through with this idea, and then I just can't. It just feels wrong
0: Mm -hmm.
1: once it's on the canvas.
2: Do you like that, though? Like, I love that. The yeah. Ca- yeah, the yeah, chaos in it. Totally. Yeah. That's a great
1: word for it. It's um, kind of
2: fun because, I mean, you go in with an idea, but as time goes by, that makes it kind of fun to see it change
0: to something right. that you didn't think it would.
2: Right, yeah. right.
1: Yeah, um,
0: it's almost like the painting is talking to you and telling you where where to a, go. Now. Absolutely, the painting's like, yeah. listen, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we're changing gears. Here. I know you wanted to go down this road, but we're actually going to go down this road. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, um, uh, so uh, on, on these paintings that we printed out on the table here, did you want to talk about any one specific? Like, maybe describe it and tell us like how it how it evolved, or which one, basically, which one up here was. They're kind the of most. all
2: from different time periods, is what we why Sorry we picked about them. Yeah, yeah uh, We like went oldest to newest, but right, yeah. right.
1: Um, well, I think probably there's a painting called Scrunch uh, here from 2018, and it's 30 by 36. It's oil on canvas, um, and it's sort of like a pedestal um, with a flat top. Uh, the perspective is is um, like an isometric perspective um, so it's a little bit off or wonky and then mm-hmm. underneath it are these kind of sharp jagged zigzaggy forms coming down and those are the support system for the the pedestal um, and it's almost like a, a table or something that's been pushed down by gravity from the top right. and is starting to get scrunched
0: nice it kind of reminds me of like uh, like a jack in the box <laughs> like oh yeah like it's oh. like it's either that's good it's either being pushed down or it's like coming up it's like right in between those two movements
2: Maybe it's awesome because i could like having you describe it it's like you almost feel the movement of it just looking at it mm-hmm. we'll definitely post these two on our site so you can check them out
0: yeah and yeah. and so so how did that one change from the sketch though did it change much
1: it did it did that one um, the the colors changed uh, quite a bit Um, the how the paint went down uh, was I think much more spontaneous than it was in the original drawing Um, and I think the background colors ended up kind of pushing and pulling into place uh, a a little bit more um, with the original object so it it doesn't look as much like the original as opposed to I want more, which uh, is another picture that's up um, from 2014. Looks almost exactly like the drawing. Uh-huh. the The surface is different. Um, the colors changed a little bit just because oil is different from the the pens and pencils that I was using at the time. Right, um, but it is really true to the the main idea that was in the drawing and that was really important for me i wanted it to feel like i was coming up with a plan like an architect and i had a plan for building something and then i went and built it um the way that i wanted it to be so it was very systematic and strict
0: yeah very nice. which i guess it would probably be satisfying but in a different way than totally than the other ones where you're like struggling through this process and making decisions and finally conquering something
1: right Right. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's um, really true. They are very different experiences. Um, I think with the earlier week work where I was much more strict about how much I stuck to the drawing, uh, I love that feeling of having that plan and accomplishing it. And I think a lot of that came from, Um, a background in representational art where I used to do a lot of landscape painting, figure drawing things. I loved looking at things and trying to interpret them. And Mm -hmm. this felt like an extension of that, but I was just getting to interpret my own ideas in some way.
0: Right. Nice. I like that.
2: Yeah. Um, Have you always, like so like kind of switching gears, like has this, has art always been a part of your life? Like what was your strongest memory as a child? Like doing art and starting in it, and
1: art was it was always really important for me. I was uh, an obsessive drawer as a kid. I know a lot of kids are. Um, I just I just absolutely loved it. And you know the early the early drawings were uh, Star Wars figures and uh, nice. you know, just all of that yeah. kind of stuff you would expect a seven year old to to be drawing. And then I just I loved doing it. My mom was a librarian. So she would constantly bring home books like How to Draw a Shark, uh, How to Draw Elephants." So we do those kind of cheesy old how-to books. Yeah. And I was horrible at them. <laughs> uh, I did not have that natural talent for doing something realistic. But I enjoyed the process so much. And I loved the invention um, that I just kept doing it.
0: Yeah. Very nice. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I... I don't know if you know this, Ashley, but I went through the, a chicken phase. Ooh. I, I drew chickens nonstop for like a few months. Just I I don't know. I was just really excited about the shapes and colors and
1: and were these realistic chickens or were they just invented chickens? They were
0: kind of a, a they were realistic at first and then kind of spun off into kind of more imaginary things. Right. But right. um. So I had a chicken phase, but it sounds like you kind of had like a, what did you say? Which, which actually? Uh,
1: sharks, dinosaurs. Star elephants. Wars. Oh, but Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, oh, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars. Um, phase. And yeah. they were, uh, they were horrible, horrible drawings, um, which uh, I wish I had them now. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, they were like all R2D2. Yeah. Good oh, stuff. nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like a lot of the artists that we have been researching, something in their early childhood seems to have like kind of gone off into their adulthood and their art that they do now. So, do you think that the early childhood of dry, like drawing from the books your mom brought you, do you think that like kind of in is in your process now? Like
1: that's that's a really good question because when I look back on it, I don't I don't feel like I had more of a drive to draw than any of my Friends, yeah. you know, I think every mm-hmm. kid just loves to do something active. Mm-hmm. They like seeing that mark go down on the page and having a chance to do it. Um, but for some reason, it stuck, and I think part of it might be I had a great uh, high school teacher. So I'd kind of fallen, you know, out of doing artwork or maybe kind of doing it off and on, um, but I had a wonderful high school art teacher uh, who um, let us have so much freedom in the room but there was still a sense of structure mm-hmm. and I loved I just responded to that combination uh, and I remember working harder in that class than any other class that I had and I think that's when I really knew I wanted to do something that was art related
0: Nice, nice, right. Very fun. yeah and then you became an art teacher right I did yes <laughs> yeah. so so they were inspiring in Multiple ways, I mean.
1: Yes, yes, no, in fact, as when I, was, uh, when I was teaching high school art, I thought a lot about what worked for me and what didn't mm-hmm. as a high school kid. Um, and it's hard, because you're really only thinking about yourself in a situation like that, whereas in a classroom, you actually have 20 different needs in front of you, and you've gotta like take care of all those people. So mm-hmm. it can't just be about your own thing, but it was a great foundation, a great starting
0: point yeah yeah and did you um and now you're not teaching anymore correct do you find that it um it changed your approach in the studio your your time teaching and talking about art do you feel like it changed your practice
1: yes yes I think I think it did I think you can you know when you have conversations you're you teach right Mm -hmm. where are you
0: I'm at PSU mostly, and PNCA a little bit
1: right um yeah, I just think it's probably impossible to have conversations with art students and, and you know to talk about these things and to have critiques and to think about um, assessments of some sort without it seeping into your studio in, right. in some way. Yeah. Um, I think I had a lot of conversations with high school kids, especially older ones like juniors and seniors that were really getting into it we'd have conversations about what their ideas were for a particular piece and how you best illustrate those ideas. And I think yeah. those conversations, um, it was just so fascinating for me to hear about what people, what drove them to make something. And it made me yeah. think a lot about what was driving me to make the shapes and forms um, that I ended up making. Because it's easy to go in a studio and just like make and not think about it and just see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think at some point being reflective is really, really important.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: That's a, yeah, it's a good point because you could do something all day, but then you get around even high schoolers that have an opinion to their own, like <laughs> to hear what they have to say right. from their perspective is interesting.
0: So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes me think of pop culture too because like, High schoolers definitely have an opinion, but especially when it comes to pop culture. And, yes. I, and your bright colors remind me a lot of, you know, things I see like yeah. out in visual culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: Did we ask a lot Did we answer a lot of these questions? Well, some are like really random, so like <laughs> I love random questions. Um, yeah. I th- I think we should just switch gears and you want to do random questions. Sure. Like, I'm in. Um, this is kind of broad, but are you a hunter or a gatherer?
1: Um, <laughs> probably well one of my priorities right now is being a stay-at-home dad and I really uh, I really enjoy cooking Um, we have a vegan in the family so that's really made me like like think about how I cook and how things come together in a different way Um, so I would say I'm probably a gatherer in the sense that I'm constantly gathering things at different stores and trying to make um, trying to make stuff happen so mm-hmm. on a really practical level with the family and then I think in the studio I I think both I don't think you can really be one or the other in the studio it's, so I, I, yeah. I, I try that's a good to question yeah it's yeah. a really good question but I try to steal from everything I see and so I think that's a hunter i think (laughs) (laughs) but i think you're also just gathering information i mean you're just kind of if you like art history if you like what your peers are doing or you go to galleries you're you're definitely gathering what you can you're gleaning something yeah Um,
0: we talked about matisse like a few weeks ago and it was like he i never realized how much he appropriated from all these different people and um or was it all artists steal? Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we're all- we all have to live in a world where we're influenced by a ton of different things. Yeah. So that's kind of gathering, right? But you're hunting for, like, finishing something, maybe yeah. finishing a painting. You're hunting they- for the end of a painting. I don't know.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I I think also most artists that I talk to are are. They're hunting for a, a a style or a voice or trying to let that develop. I don't even know if hunting is the right word for mm-hmm. it, but wanting to create something that is not mistaken for somebody else's work or mm-hmm. or somebody else's genre, another time period. Um, I think people want I think people want that 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 voice to come out, and that takes a lot of I think that takes a lot of hunting.
0: Yeah, yeah, Definitely.
2: I like. Yeah, the cooking in the studio thing, like, cooking, yeah, that would be hard for, like, different kind of diets and stuff. Like, you have to be creative and... Mm-hmm. Try out new things. and I guess Portland is a good place for finding vegan stuff. It so. is so easy. Yeah. It is, so <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is
1: remarkably easy, uh, which makes it a, a lot more fun. I think this would be very difficult to do, um, you know, if, if, was, if we were all in a, a smaller town somewhere yeah. with, with uh, less access. But um, it is great. And I think I, the crossover between cooking and being in the studio for me is... Uh, to me, it's a really big one because there's a ton of planning. Um, I'm very recipe oriented with with things that are vegan or new to me, um, but I have no problems changing the recipe uh, if I, you know, if I think it needs something else. Yeah. And I feel that way in the studio all the time. That you just know if something else has to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and then with a vegan diet too, it's like a restriction or parameter to work within. And right. I feel like the the studio time. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you're the same way as me that you have to set up parameters, or it could be about everything, right? Right. So, right. Actually, that makes me think. So, in your artwork, is there is there a parameter, or is there something that you wouldn't put in your artwork, or, or um, you, you talked about. Okay, so you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna form a full question. <laughs>
1: um, it's shocking. Uh,
0: you talked about order and. You said uh, we have moments in our culture, physical appearance, identity, fashion, and overall taste that seem um, structured and well-defined, but they are just snapshots. I try to depict seemingly solid and architectural forms as they are transforming. So, with that in mind, um, uh, if, are there are there architectural things or orderly things that you would never put in your paintings, like, like, like? Similar to how you're cooking for the vegan in your family, you're not going to put in animal products. Are there certain things oh, in your paintings Yes, you yes,
1: right. No, I think most things in the world I just would not put in the paintings. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 99.999% of what's out there um, just doesn't make its way in. And I think that's probably true of most right. artists. Um, I have found over the years that I'm really interested in uh, simplifying things, stream streamlining them, uh, finding the right color or shape or line, um, and I I find also that I I like bigger bolder movements uh, in in work. So if it if it feels too busy, um, meaning that there are just you know too many marks or too many small things that don't feel like they're adding up um, or adding to the overall piece. I don't I don't have any problem getting rid of those i think it's okay to eliminate them um i don't want anything like i don't want cartoon characters to show up
0: you know i just don't want it to be like (laughs) i just don't want it to be about that yeah
1: well i do i do think about like what what could be added or sometimes you know when you have a studio visit people have ideas about what you should be doing Mm -hmm.
0: Like this is a great painting, but it should be a video. Right, it should. Be. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made videos, but thanks.
2: so what's like a memorable response to like people's opinions and? Yeah, what is the of...
0: craziest response yeah. you've ever had?
1: Oh, um, I, nothing, nothing crazy. But what I've what I've found over time is that I, I find when people are talking about work, and I, I love having people in my studio. Uh, I should say that at at the outset because I think it's really important to hear what other people are seeing. You can sort of get inside your own head. But I feel like over the years I've also learned that people are really talking about their own needs with a a painting. Mm -hmm. You know, Artists are talking about what they would like to see, and you have to just sort of hear through that and figure out if it's meaningful for you or not. Um, So when somebody says, oh, you should have uh, lots of little patches of color over up in the corner that do something that's just that is something that they need for whatever that, that visually satisfies them mm-hmm. um but i don't know that that would necessarily satisfy me and i'm gonna figure out if that makes any sense or if it's just a thought
0: yeah yeah that makes sense you kind of yeah. weigh it weigh out that idea and- it's a right. good way of putting it because
2: everybody's gonna want something different from their own experiences right of what they think art should be right you know? so um
0: interesting That kind of leads to one of the heavier questions we had on our list. (laughs) Is
2: it it this one? Uh, What do you dislike about the art world?
0: Well, I was going to ask the one, what is the role of of artists in society? So there you go. There you go, David. What's the role of artists in society, and what do you dislike about the art (laughs) world? I think to solve all problems, (laughs) um,
1: that is the role. No, I think the artist's role is to only do... Uh, or only involve themselves in larger issues as much as they want to. I think that the artist really has to remain true to their own voice. Um, and I think every era has different challenges. I, have a, I was just looking and thinking uh, about Elizabeth Murray um, Uh, recently and so I brought in a quote that I thought was really really good can I read it yeah yeah okay I love her. Um, let me see if I can find it so she this is from 1998 and she was being interviewed uh, for bomb magazine um, at that time and her career had really taken off and you know she was big by that point And she was reflecting on her early years in the 60s. I think she got her BFA in 62 or 64 from the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, And then ended up in New York by the early 70s. And she was talking about that that era and watching the scene change so quickly and what people were responding to. Um, And she said, things change One year, it's this powerful, heavy-duty stuff, abstract expressionism, and the next year, it's soup cans and life is fun and games. And then the whole camp thing in the early 60s with Tommy and short skirts, and two years later, we're protesting the Vietnam War. You have to figure out who you are within the culture. You pursue things, I think, in some state between total consciousness and total unconsciousness. And I thought that was such a wonderful quote because I think every generation of artists deals with this is that you have maybe, for example, a crazy political situation going on. And you have to figure out if you are the type of artist that responds to that, um, or if your voice is totally something different, uh, or if you're responding to it in a more understated way. Um, So I love that idea that that whatever is going on, whatever trend is happening, whatever social unrest may be taking place, um, the artist has to figure out what they need to say within that context, and it will ultimately reflect on on what's happening around them. Right. But it has to be personal as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because politics change quickly, and so if you're not being personal, then then, I mean, if, if you're just reacting to politics and, and politics change, then what are you left with? So you kind of have to have a personal goal or personal voice, right? Yeah,
1: but I think the personal voice can be a response to politics oh, as yeah, well. I think totally. people do that really well, and that is their, they're just, some people are just driven to yeah. do that, and they've got the voice for it, um, and that is just who they are. And I think, yeah. I think uh, if they were to deny that, then they would be doing you know, I think they'd be doing themselves and their audience a disservice.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I can see that.
2: That's Following cool. Actually, the artist yeah. that you just mentioned, like, is there an artist that you love that you want more people to know about?
0: So that was Elizabeth Murray. Right. Yeah. yeah who's somebody that
1: I have looked at throughout the years. And, um, I don't hear very much about her, uh, anymore. Um, I think she, Died in the nineties. I think it was late nineties. Um, she had lung cancer, um, and
0: do you want to describe her work a little you. bit? I'll tell you. Yeah, because I don't. I don't I think know. I saw her Oh Art no, 21. she died
1: in two thousand seven.
0: I think there I saw an Art Twenty One about her. Yes, yeah, it was really good.
1: Yeah, and her her work tends to be one. I think one of the things I've always responded to about it is that it uh, lives in that place between representation and abstraction Mm -hmm. um, where they are really wonderfully off beat but they're just formally structured Um, so they might be shoes or they might be like a a cup or some just sort of household object um, but they're often blown up large they are abstracted and kind of taken apart and put back together almost with a, a a cubist sensibility, mm-hmm. and then constructed with uh, these um, shaped canvases that that accentuate the forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those they're just they're pieces that I've always loved because they don't fit neatly into one category, and they just seem to be about looking at what's around in, you and, and finding the excitement in that, like transforming an ordinary object yeah. into something powerful.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely playful and and that art twenty one that I saw was um, the overarching theme was humor. Uh huh. And I wouldn't say that her work is funny, but no, it's definitely not like speak- William Wegman or anything. No. Right. Um, but they definitely speak to like the aesthetic of 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 comic books and like yes. And I see that in your work. There's this playfulness and this kind of sense of humor to them. Um, I'm looking at that one right there. The I want more. There's like this. Looks like a stack of 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 cubes and boxes, and then there's like some that are just like they just don't have the will to stand up anymore, and they're just like <laughs> melting over, <laughs> like or like bubble gum or something attached to the side. I love that.
1: Yeah, there's something of a, uh, an unfolded laundry pile um, to me. I <laughs> <Yes.
0: So>. Yeah, you <laughs> can see that. Um.
1: But yes, I, I do love that idea of, of structure and spontaneity, and I think in those earlier works there was more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the more recent work has been a little bit more structured, mm-hmm. um, at least in terms of the, the, the overall finished look. There's definitely spontaneity in making it, uh, but it doesn't have sort of the wiggles and curves mm-hmm. of the earlier work.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember the piece that you had at the Cascade AIDS Project auction, like last month. Oh was, like, yeah, pink, pink right. and white stripe. Right, uh, blue and white. Blue and white. Yeah, sorry, memory. But yeah, the it was yeah had lots of sharp edges, but it also had that it was cheerful, almost like yeah, like a the memory of it for some reason is like a circus tent stripe or something. Oh kind of right, but, right. No, <laughs> well I and have it's printed that one off it's <laughs> yeah. uh
1: it's been part of a series that is um they're they're called nesting zigzags and it sort of loosely dovetails with another series that are all about human proportions and they're these just kind of zigzag forms are almost like chair shapes that that sit together um, and I love the way that they they play off of each other so that they um they they feel kind of Vaguely like human bodies that are nested together. That's the idea behind them.
0: Nice, yeah. nice. That's cool. That's cool.
2: Yeah, because it's like your work has definitely had themes. Like going from like older to newer, these are definitely sharper.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: squiggly. it's very cool to see the difference. Um, oh, wait, I do want to know. That, oh like, gosh,
0: <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> before we kiss Christ,
2: <laughs> I'm ruining everything. But I'm just curious. Like you work Sorry. mainly with oil. Um, oil paint, it looks like. But do you have any other type of art media you like to work with? Uh, Or experiment with? Yes, I
1: I do a lot of drawing. So I work a lot with just sort of standard pencils. Um, So graphite, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I recently um, reignited my love affair with gouache paint, which I hadn't touched since um, undergraduate days. I just hadn't really been that interested in it. But I have found that the... The colors are beautiful. It's a really saturated uh, uh, pigment um, load, and it's just wonderful to work with. So I like them as um, I like them as sketches and preparation for working with bigger things.
0: So okay, yeah. so people that I've talked to that work with gouache, mm-hmm. um, half of them say they there's this quality. In gouache, that yes, you could reactivate it. So once it's yes. down, right, you could put water back on and take it off. Right, or it just add comes alive it. again. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I mean not
2: the artist here, like, well, is it like watercolor? Like, remind me what gouache, it's like an
0: opaque watercolor, right? Basically,
2: whereas like oil, you can't go back and touch it once it's dried. You, could no, you can add to go, it. Yeah, you can, you can go add
0: to. It. Oh, but you cannot
1: reactivate it. That's reactivate
0: correct. it, but right. like gouache, so you can. Gouache is kind of yeah. unique in that respect yeah. because, yeah, you can right. go back in. But um, so some people love it and some people hate that. Right. What about you?
1: Uh, I I love it, and I think the way that I work um, with it is fairly opaque, so mm-hmm. it's it's uh, pretty solid layers. I'm not too worried about the actual image reactivating. Um, but I have a you know a palette full of paint that when I into the studio um the day after working on something I can take all that paint that's left there and bring it back to life and it's still very usable. Oh that's cool. Yeah. I so love that's
0: perfect that perfect for for a parent.
1: Oh it's great. Yes. <laughs> <'Cause>, like <laughs> if the kid needs yes, something
0: it's, you could just yeah. yeah yeah. How old is your kid by the way? Oh
1: my kids are like one's in college and the other's sixteen. So oh perfect. It's a really it's a great time to be a stay at home
0: dad uh-huh. at this phase. Nice. So, yeah. nice. Um Okay. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't like, no, no. I love this because we wrote all these questions at Poor David's. Like, um, we, we are d- sticking to the list of questions. <laughs> I know we we're coming totally up with all new questions. <laughs> <Totally fine. laughs> okay, we'll, and, we we'll, had a
1: plan, and then we were unable to stick
0: to it. it exactly, just, like such your artwork. Is life. So, oh familiar. my gosh, that is so deep. We <laughs> just, we should just pause and think about that. Think for a about minute. that for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also love that, generally speaking. Ashley you are more funny than me and you ask the fun questions and I ask the serious questions and and you know today been, You've been deadly serious. Today oh. Ashley's been very serious yeah. and I, I know I, it's
2: weird and I'm not trying to be funny <laughs> and it's just like I don't have the no. knowledge like you guys
0: do. No, like, you're asking like, you guys good are the questions. the professionals. I I'm just here
2: for the ride. So.
0: Um, okay, for the third time though, I'm going to ask, are we ready for the ridiculous questions? Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you ask it then okay so this is random but you better have a good answer <laughs> <laughs> okay you've been given an elephant you can't give it away or sell it what do you do with it
1: that is a really frightening question <laughs> um, why
2: is this uh, a question is the question
1: i think <laughs> i think uh i think we just we have a parade with it, yeah, oh. and it's a magical experience. And then eventually, what happens is we realize how much it takes to feed an elephant, mm-hmm. and then we watch the elephant slowly starve to death because we can't take care of it. So dark. It's really <laughs> so awful. I real mean, it's a real fast. <laughs> it's a bad situation to be put in.
0: You know, um, you just, yeah. You can't give it away or sell it. But what if you just like ate it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that's your backup plan. It's like, we all eat it. But what if we just like loaned it to the zoo? I
2: feel really bad
0: for this Because that's not giving it away or selling it. Right. No,
1: loaning it would be very practical. I think that would be good. It's like a sneaky Um, way around Which makes it a less fun question because there's a very practical answer.
0: Yeah. So I I guess I'm getting around the... Yeah. Right. Uh, I just heard that
2: elephants are pregnant for like two years. Isn't that weird? That... I might have just made that uh, up. (laughs)
0: But no, I, I think, think right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I, and and elephants are amazing. They like they have strong bonds. They mourn the loss of one another. They're really there. sweet. Like, I mean, going amazing. back
2: to this elephant, let's just make sure it has
0: a good place. It doesn't die. Yeah.
1: yeah so we work really hard to find a home for it.
0: Yeah. Um, but you were wanting to eat it. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> but that's. But I just mean, I bet animal. it would feed a
2: lot of people. So that's practical, right? <laughs> oh, God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's really disturbing. Sorry. Okay, I want to ask a. I'm going to ask a question now. What superpower would you have and why? I
1: I have I have been as a high school teacher. I've come across this question many many times. It's a uh, it's a standard. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I would just have to say uh, flight. Uh, in part because I really I hate being in airplanes, so if I could do it some other way, really efficiently, where I had a little bit more control, um, I think I would do that. It wouldn't be for the enjoyment of flight; it would just be for about getting from one place to the next without uh, having to ride in an airplane. So
0: let me let me propose an idea. Yeah. I I, I feel the same way. Um, teleportation. Just oh, like, for my superpower. Yeah. Oh. then you just show up in the place. Right. You don't have to have to travel. I'm
2: just waiting for that one to be a reality.
1: I think I think <laughs> it's right around the corner. I, I hope it's, so. First it's driverless cars and then it's
0: hoverboards,
1: teleportation.
0: Yeah. It would have to be so. be able to control it though cuz I don't want it to be one of those things where you just think of a place and then you just automatically are there by accident. Yeah, it's got to be
2: controlled.
1: Yeah, it that's not yeah, that accidental. wouldn't be a superpower. That would be like a super curse. <laughs> like a yeah. glitch. <laughs>
0: What's your superpower, Ashley? What would yours be? To be invisible. Ooh. Yeah. So you could ease travel?
2: Yeah, I don't know. The flying
0: thing would be... <laughs> I don't the know The flying why. thing would
2: be cool, too, because it's like just the sheer fact of like having to go to an airport, wait in line, be with a bunch of people. It's not easy. Getting no. Getting sick from being on the plane, like... I understand the appeal of the flying mm-hmm. thing. Like, I totally yeah. get it. I totally get it, too. But the yeah. invisible thing, I guess, just, yeah, eavesdropping would be the main one mm-hmm. that'd be cool for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I would do teleportation because I don't like heights. I'm not...
2: You can fly I... at a low level.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> a really low level. <laughs> like, fly, it, fly to Italy, like, two feet above the ground. Yeah. Like fly. <laughs> No, totally. That'd be good.
2: Dangerous, almost. Um, you yeah, the next one. Oh, okay. So what's, like, your dream project? And it might not have to do with your art. I mean, um, but it kind of
1: does. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I, I immediately think when I heard the question, just, like, what would I want to do um, related to art? Uh, my, I mean, my dream project is truly... I kind of have it right now, where I just get to be in the studio. Um, after teaching for 20 years and doing, you know, a, a more piecemeal studio work, uh, this this really is the the dream project. So I feel very lucky to have the uh, the time to be able to do it. And I just want to make as much work as possible and kind of push and pull with different ideas and see uh, see what path gets um, you know carved out with that
0: I, I see you have some notes is there anything else you wanted to add about your work
1: well the work right now uh, it falls into three different categories so I find that when I'm in the studio I, again this is one of the nice things about having extra time is that I'm I'm kind of trying out three uh, bigger ideas and they probably all fall under the same, umbrella but they they kind of feel like different avenues so one is the one that I was talking about with the uh, uh, the human proportions and the zigzags Mm -hmm. Um, another one is about lightning Um, so there have been a lot of recent pictures about lightning and they're they're also very geometric um, organized and I like that idea of trying to make something as as organized and decorative as possible, but have it be about something that is sort of inherently dangerous in yeah. some way. Yeah. And it comes out of, I'm a really big fan of, of uh, Nicolas Poussin, who's the, the 17th century French painter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was somebody that just did these beautiful pastoral landscapes um, where everything just has, is just perfectly in place. And then very often you find these little figures like somebody is dying from a snake bite or there's a funeral, pro- funeral procession or some, some, something to remind you of mortality in right. some way. So I love that combination of um, the beautiful and the dangerous mm-hmm. coming together in some way. Uh, and then the last grouping is decorative objects, which like the one that we have here from 2018 called Decorative Object Number Two. They're all meant to be um, about the way we create things and this need to make something that's more than just functional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even though we know that you know the homes we build are going to fall apart, the clothes we wear are going to go out of fashion or, or you know rip and tear. Um, but we still have this desire for things to be decorative in some way, and what that means at any given point in time is uh, is is not necessarily arbitrary, but it's constantly changing. So it seems to make sense for a moment, and then whatever it was that made sense kind of falls apart and turns into something else. So those objects are meant to be um, like just stable for a moment. They've got a little bit of gravity in them, mm-hmm. um, and then it looks like they could possibly just twist and turn and fall apart into nothing easily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that painting, I, I could see, like, there are moments that, uh, yeah, it feels solid, but, and then you, you give it a second look, and you're like, oh, wait, no, that's, like, the pattern's um, not matching up. Kind right. Of is, like, that falling apart for me. Just right. Like just a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: I also love the color in this. Is there, was there a reason you picked those colors, or just...
1: I I well I'm really a big fan of of pink and orange. Mm. Um, so part of it is just what I think looks pretty, mm-hmm. and it's kind of an intuitive response to things. Um, and I was doing a lot of drawing and prep work with it, and it the drawing looks quite a bit different from the the finished painting. But that was that was the starting point. As I knew I wanted it to be pink and orange and a little bit of yellow, and have kind of a vibrant, lively
0: palette. hmm Nice. I'm so sorry to keep like telling you what your paintings remind me of, but no, hope, I hope it's okay. It reminds me of um do you remember that bubblegum? Uh the zebra bubblegum oh, when we were kids. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like that combination of colors for me. That's great. Like I love that.
1: That's great. Cause I really uh there are very few pop artists that I respond to, but I feel mm-hmm. like um there are like kind of Pop culture colors that seep their way in. I think it's hard to work with a, a vibrant or saturated palette without having some of that mm-hmm. uh, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I, I, don't respond to Warhol uh, or Rauschenberg or Jasper Johns. I find that those that that tends to leave me a little bit cold. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I hate to go backwards but i, I love what you're talking about with, with the um the lightning paintings by the way the like they draw you in there's this beauty and enchantment but then like um it's also dangerous i just i think that's great and that's something i really i seek in my own my own artwork absolutely I was
1: actually thinking about that <laughs> on the drive over about how Kendra your paintings are so much about that beauty of like fireworks or fire mm-hmm. um, and that's that same element of something that can be beautiful and then absolutely dangerous at mm-hmm. the same time and I think we're we're attracted to mm-hmm.
0: that um, yeah and I'm gonna check out you said it's Pous- Poussin
1: uh, yeah, P-O-U-S-S-I-N okay um
0: did he also do like the rococo stuff? Not rococo,
1: but no, he I'm was like considered. Yeah, he was right. like a French baroque, and some people refer to him as being sort of the start of like a, a neoclassical style that that Ang and David yeah. um, uh, mm-hmm. a, adopted or built on. So there's a lot of a lot of structure and a lot of reference to um, uh, antiquity in, oh, okay. in the paintings. All right. um, They're I'll really they're 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 quite beautiful and organized, um, but at the same time, they can be really violent and disturbing.
0: Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm like, I want to look that up. <laughs> 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 okay, just cool. The um, um, is there anything else you wanted to add? And no, just to your look.
1: Oh, I was uh, thinking about um, that idea of a visual paradox and visual contradiction. And there's another artist that I like, Al Held, who uh, is very geometric, very abstract, but these deep spaces uh, that look very believable at first glance and then are completely irrational Mm. um, at the same time. And he had this idea of of simultaneity, um, this idea that our perception of forms, it, it changes as we look at it. Uh, and it's, it's not unfolding in a logical narrative, but it's more like trying to get the whole picture to kind of kind of breathe at once. Like it's doing, you know, it's alive in its, in its own way. So I really, I love that idea uh, as well, that things don't have to make sense on a flat surface in order for the picture uh, itself to make sense. Like the space can be um, irrational in mm-hmm. some way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like it. Kind of reminds me that, like, um, I heard once that you know, um, uh, that that old saying, "Trust your gut." Like, people think with their brains, but then there's also proof that we also think with our our gut. Like, right. And and it's kind of like seems kind of like that in the sense that you're like understanding the painting in some ways, but then you're understanding it with other parts of your your being in a way. Right.
1: Which I think is every artist I've ever talked to. I think people have, um, you know, overarching guiding ideas and then they just they just know if it's working or not. Or they have a sense of, of whether or not they believe it's working.
0: Or right. Not. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you?
1: Um, I am leaving in a, a few days to go to a, an artist residency in Italy, which I'm really excited Whoa. about. Ooh, that's, that's cool. cool. Awesome. Yeah, it should be really fun. Um, We're in Italy. It's ca- a little town called Corciano, which is right outside of Perugia, and it's, uh, it's called the Art and Culture in Italy residency, uh, and it's run by um, uh, an artist uh, named Don Kimes. Uh, K I M E S, and this is his new project. So I would encourage you to look it up and yeah. check it out. And it just looks like it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, not only work but see artwork in that area.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really that's cool. great. And what a great time to be there too. It
1: should but... be really nice. I think before the crowds hit, mm-hmm. it'll be just a little bit earlier than the you know summer season. Yeah,
0: yeah. Before and, the heat. Right. Do you know Italian? No. Oh, let me teach you something. Okay. Okay, the one sentence you need to know. Okay. Okay. Vore un otro vino veneroso della casa, por favor.
1: Oh, I know. vorre It's like, I would like. Yeah. Another. Another,
0: How, another glass of your house red wine, please. Oh. That is an important thing
1: to know. Grazie, grazie. See, si, you I know it's And dove il bagno. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, and, um, and mia macchina. My What's, my car. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't really help me very much because I won't have a car.
0: Pelladocas.
1: What is Pelladocas? Goosebumps. Oh. very important. Wow. How do you know Italian so well?
0: Yeah, this is all new right. to me. What's going on? <laughs> where has Are she you, been? Right. <laughs> I don't know it. I, I, I studied in Italy for a month. Did you? In an undergrad. I don't yeah. know oh, my sister very well. Right? It's true. We're, we're in uh, Florence. I oh, was in yeah. Florence. We. Me and myself were in Florence. Wow. Oh, yeah.
1: And were you there with um, school? What were you What were you doing?
0: Yeah, I went to the Studio Art Centers International. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I learned a lot, and then I traveled around for a month in Spain. Oh, that sounds and, wonderful. Yeah, it was fun, but I was definitely lonely because I don't know Spanish or Italian. Right. So I was and like, were you
1: there with other Were you there with peers?
0: Not really. I, a, I uh, met a lot okay. of people. Okay. Met a lot of Australians. Australians really right. travel really uh-huh. well.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Are you going with anybody on your...
1: So I know one other person uh, no. that is going to be there. Oh, and cool. she is an artist named Andrea Borsak that used to live here in town. And she's been in Santa Cruz for oh, over a decade now. She's been there for quite some time. But she also teaches um, uh, art in Italy during the summer she has a program i can't remember what town it's in but uh, she her her Italianist she's pretty proficient so it'll be somebody fun to hang out with um, that i know where we do studio visits with each other on a pretty regular basis nice. and so it'll be it'll be great to have somebody there
0: cool yeah, yeah. and or can order for you and right make sure you right. get the right train tickets right yeah <laughs> but i
1: did, you know i did a year abroad when i was in college and Mm -hmm. i think um i learned how to have that like lonely feeling yeah which you really have to get used to when you're in a foreign country if you don't speak the language very well um and if you're just in the process of meeting people it's really hard to do
0: when you're seeing these things that are that you've read about right right see the, see the david or yeah go to uffizi and you're like oh this is great i want to share it with somebody oh right. there's no oh right
1: you're <laughs> you're lonely in a sea of people
0: <laughs> yeah, <So>. exactly <laughs> yeah. and
1: uh-huh. then um i have a show that's coming up in august uh so that's I'm working on getting that organized and ready
0: awesome where's the show
1: it is going to be at Ogden gallery oh, and nice. um and so we're still in the preliminary phases of uh, figuring it all out. But I'm very excited about oh, it. Oh, that's so very great. Fun.
0: Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That's awesome. Something to look forward to. I know. I yeah. can't wait to
2: see it. Very cool. If you go on our site, we're definitely going to plug your, um, your website. Oh, that's and then, great. And um, we'll thank put you. some pieces up uh, that we talked about today. And then maybe any others that you want to highlight. And yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, thank you, guys.
1: Great. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs>
0: Have fun and support artists. Is that our catchphrase? Have fun and... Yeah. No, that doesn't feel right. We need a catchphrase, I think phrase, we just David. change
2: our catchphrase every week. Until one sticks. I think that's sticks. a good idea. Yeah. we got to find the right one. Not a yeah. catchphrase. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, until one um, sticks.
2: Yeah. Is that yeah. our catchphrase? Until one sticks.
0: There's your assignment in Italy, David. <laughs> Come up with a catchphrase for us. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I, that is...
1: Um, <laughs> it's going to be number one on my list of things to do.
0: good.